You know, being the first guy to wear one was a lot harder than when everybody's wearing them. Being the first guy that was wearing it, I got, I had to have pretty big shoulders. I feel the, the, the jokes from looking like a motorcycle cop to, you know, looking like a motorcycle rider to, you know, looking like a Power Ranger. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. The battle over the traditional fire helmet versus what I'll call the Euro helmet is growing as more U.S. departments make the switch. It's hard to nail down exactly why firefighters are unhappy about wearing these new helmets. It's hard to nail down exactly why firefighters are unhappy about wearing these new helmets. They're safer. They weigh less. They offer better eye protection, and they work better with SCBA. Now, the older style's undoubtedly iconic, but is that a reason to keep wearing them? Here to explain why his department chose the Euro-style helmets is Jerry Helm. Jerry is a training and recruitment captain with Central Whidbey Island Fire and Rescue in Washington State. It's a combination department. Jerry headed up the effort to study and ultimately make the change to these new helmets. And Jerry Helm, welcome to Code 3. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Now, you haven't always been a fan of what we're calling the Euro helmet. Why not? To be honest, the original fire helmet is, it's an emotional attachment for you. It was a symbol of my dad. My dad started in the fire service years ago. Uh, there was, so there was some emotional attachment for it. It reminded me of him. And I think there are probably a lot of other firefighters who have similar feelings for various different reasons. But when did you start to change your opinion? You know, after, after uh, the original helmet I got uh, was not the Heroes Titan that I got. It was a, a different model made by Rosenbauer, and uh, I demoed that model and quickly found that I was able to do things in that helmet that I wasn't able to do in the other helmet. For instance, I was able to look up without my helmet hitting the back of my air tank. Crawling was a lot easier. Our entanglement prop that we, that we have set up, I was able to crawl through that without getting you know the big brass eagle hung up on the front on all the wires and stuff. So... It wasn't until I actually wore it that I wore, I wore it, you know, that I actually thought, wow, I should really take a hard look, a second look at this. So did you test all these elements or while you were wearing it, did you discover these things? I went into it initially not really thinking I was, I was going to wear it on shift and not really go into it as a trial period, the first one. Um, once... That was kind of a side. That was kind of side effect. I uh, wore it during training, um, wore it at a, a couple calls. I actually had an incident uh, where I had uh, fallen through the floor of one of our house fires that we were at. Surprisingly, the helmet stayed right where it was supposed to be. It didn't fall off my head. I fell through the floor into the crawl space, 
The helmet stayed on my head. It didn't rip my mask off. The added points of contact for the chin strap secured the helmet solely to my head, and I it never shifted once on me. So, you know, through the course of trying it, I found that it, you know, it was, it, it performed better. And that may come as a surprise to some guys who like the traditional model. We've talked about several of the advantages in the last couple of minutes, but can you go over for me the list of the reasons that it has advantages over the traditional helmet? We, um, when we decided after the first helmet that I got, we decided to do a trial period and get more people uh, involved in trying it. We bought 10 initial uh, Heroes Titan helmets um, to give people an opportunity so it wasn't just a me thing, you know, to get organizational buy-in. You've got to get that helmet on other people. Was it difficult to get other people to try it, or were these people who were interested? It was a little bit of both. We, we did a little bit of both. Um, we gave it to people that were interested. I mean, we had a, we had a, a group of firefighters waiting at the door um, when the UPS guy showed up when the first initial 10 came in. And then we had some others that were kind of hanging back and didn't want to get involved and didn't want to make noise and didn't want to get picked, you know, as one of the people to try it. But once, once we got it out and about to people, it was important for us to get their feedback. And how we did that is we sent out a survey to the people that got the first initial 10. And it was a very black and white survey on how the helmet performed. We had to tie the helmet's performance not to its appearance and not to its emotional attachments that firefighters have to their, their PPE and stuff, but to the actual performance of the helmet. How did it feel on your head? How was the center of gravity? How was the interaction with the face mask? All those things that we tied in there had nothing to do with appearance. And so what people came back with was good performance reviews, good performance record. On those evaluation forms, it performed well. Um, so we decided to to go that route. And once the naysayers tried it, did they decide they liked it or were they still begrudging? Honestly, there's still some that like the uh, the looks of the other one and uh, the there's still some naysayers that 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 stick by, you know, leather forever kind of thing. And and that's fine, but when we can get them to honestly evaluate the helmet under its performance, they didn't have anything bad to say about it under its performance. So does the department mandate them now? Yes, the department followed through with the, after the uh, feedback from the evaluation forms, the department ended up buying one for everybody. So we've, we're in the process right now of, of issuing those helmets out. Do you still think back to the old style helmet and kind of look at it longingly? I mean, it's iconic. It really is. It really is. And I've got, um, I've got a helmet that was uh, worn by my dad that sits in my office. Um, I've also got a helmet of one of my mentors in the fire service who was an assistant chief that passed away. And uh, it sits on my desk. And every time I look at it, I, I think of the, those people. And it looks good sitting right there. I can look at it and, and be reminded of those people and be reminded of that, that tradition and that kind of tie to my family and my, my personal feelings. But when I look at that helmet, and it's interesting because the question I posed to, to the guys when we were doing this was, if you had the traditional helmet and the European-style helmet, and you asked your wife, somebody who has no emotional tie to the fire service, you asked your wife or your family member, which helmet would you want me to wear based on safety? Some interesting answers came back. <laughs> A lot of times your family member who has no emotional tie to the fire service is going to want you to wear that extra that extra protection or that added protection that are, or that extra added perceived protection. So 
when you start breaking it down, I even took a slideshow of the helmet, broke it out, and then I highlighted which chin strap do you think is better? And then I added the internal shell. Which internal shell and chin strap do you think is better? And then I added just the eye protection. Which eye protection options do you think are better? And everybody would, you know which one everybody would pick. And then the last slide was the outer shells added. And magically, people's answers changed from European-style helmet to the traditional-style helmet. So it, once we got people to recognize that their decisions were solely based on appearance and not necessarily on functionality, we were able to gain some ground on people on, on, on the buy-in. It has to be a little frustrating from your point of view, having been somebody who's changed your mind to see people saying, yeah, but still, I don't want the new ones. A lot of the time, it's, it's not necessarily frustrating for me. A lot of the times people don't know what they don't know. And, and unless you have tried it, you don't know. And we're selling ourselves short, I think, in the fire service in general. If we don't look outside of our own doors, if we don't look outside of our own county, if we don't look outside of our own state, the fire service is much bigger than what's going on inside our own department. And if we don't look what other people are doing and at least give it a fair shot and an evaluation, we're selling ourselves short. I even had guys, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut ear holes in it so I can hear. You know, hearing came up as a potential ear. I'll take a hole saw and cut, hole, cut holes in the side of it. Well, what we found out is hearing's not a problem. It's kind of a running joke now that hearing is, a, is affected, but we like to tease the guys that said that. But, you know, you know how that firehouse banter goes. <laughs> Any reaction from the public? Not necessarily the public. You know, being the first guy to wear one, was a lot harder than when everybody's wearing them. Being the first guy that was wearing it, I got, I had to have pretty big shoulders. I feel the, the, the jokes from looking like a motorcycle cop to, you know, looking like a motorcycle rider to you know, looking like a Power Ranger or the typical uh, Spaceballs reference to Lord Helmet in uh, Spaceballs movies. So, you know, I, I, got, I had to have pretty big shoulders when I, when I, did, when I brought that first one in. And we still get that occasionally from, you know, the, the, some of the naysayers from surrounding departments and, and who have not worn one and have not evaluated its performance. And they're making those judgments based on purely on looks and, and, and appearance. So if you, if, if you do make that decision to, to at least try it, try to, try to have big shoulders and try to have that, uh, that water run off your back a little bit, so to speak, because you're going to, those will come, those comments will come. Um, anytime there's big, you know, big change, that there's there's a little bit of fear in there for for a lot of people. I imagine there is, but it looks like they're the way of the future. So, Jerry Helm, thanks for filling us in on how things went. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, like I said, if anybody has any questions or would like copies of our helmet evaluation forms, I'd be glad to send those out. And we put some more information about the pros and cons of European-style fire helmets on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash Eurohelmets. Check it out. After our recent show on roof reports where Gibby Gorman said he'd been looking for a good acronym to sum them up, we heard from Jeremiah King at the Central Arizona Fire and Medical Authority. He mailed about his department's roof report acronym. Jeremiah wrote, 
when we realized that we didn't have an effective format in which to deliver a roof report, or for that matter, even a good idea of what information needed to be included in a roof report, we decided to do some research. The one acronym they found was not a common word, and they found it too hard to remember. So they developed their own. It's PRINT. PRINT stands for Parapet Roof Construction Identify Dead Loads Natural Ventilation Points and Trust Direction. It works for them. Maybe you want to give it a shot yourself. Thanks, Jeremiah. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. This time we talked about the merits of modern European-style fire helmets over the iconic traditional ones. This time we talked <clears throat> This time we talked about the merits of modern European-style fire helmets over the iconic traditional ones. Where do you stand? Why, especially if you want to keep the current style? I'd like to know. Just email me scott at code3podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.